Support for Think Humanities is brought to you by the Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing. Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 51 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. Today on the podcast, the Association of Teaching Black History, a newly formed group of scholars and educators from the Muhammad Ali Center at Louisville, Kentucky State University, the Thomas D. Clark Foundation, and Berea College. Joining me for the conversation is Dr. Jessica Klanderud from Berea College's African American Studies Program, and also the director of the Carter G. Woodson Center at Berea, and Shaka Cummings, a PhD candidate at the University of Kentucky and the executive director of the new association. I welcome them both to our Think Humanities podcast uh, microphones. Uh, to both of you, welcome. And let me just begin with you, uh, Shaka, um, and ask you to um, to sort of describe the, the new association only formally formed, if you will, in December of, um, of 2022, just a few months ago. Uh, what, what's the goal and why the need for a new association? Sure. Uh, the association started as an idea f- with uh, folks at the Thomas D. Clark Foundation. They, uh, they were looking for a way to think about teaching Black history in, uh, in post Breonna Taylor times, right? And so they began having conversations about how can we really broach Black history as a, as a topic widely across the Commonwealth? They reached out to partners, and you mentioned the partners at Muhammad Ali Center, Kentucky State University, and Berea College, and went through the process of approaching lots of folks. Uh, those partners were able to come together, and we have our association now. The association has the mission of highlighting, breathing life, really elevating Black stories and the historical experiences of Black Kentuckians. We do that through four different strategies, one of which is collaborating with educators. We work with an educational advisory committee. And when we say educators, we speak broadly. So we're thinking classroom teachers, we're thinking folks in educational institutions like libraries, like museums. Uh, We create programming. Uh, Most recently, we had a professional development that was uh, hosted at the Boone Tavern Event Center in Berea, Kentucky. And that was simulcast at the Muhammad Ali Center in Louisville, where we brought in uh, educators. We talked about different frameworks that could be applied to their classes, specifically around uh, inquiry model. We had a panel discussion. We had an incredible featured speaker. So we hope to be able to continue with more programming along those lines. We curate materials, making sure that teachers have the resources that they need in order to effectively teach Black history, pulling together book-based resources, uh, web-based resources, uh, even thinking about that national Black history lens as well as that localized Black history lens, curating lesson plans so that uh, educators have all the tools that they feel like they need in terms of ready access. And last but not least, celebrating great teaching 
of Black history that exists currently in the Commonwealth. And so we utilize those strategies to really, again, focus on that mission of elevating those Black stories and Black historical experiences across the Commonwealth, knowing that the incredible Commonwealth that we have, Black people have had an, a really important piece in making sure that it looks the way that it does today. Dr. Klanderud, tell me how Berea College fits into this equation. Sure. So Berea College was one of the um, organizations that the Clark Foundation reached out to at the beginning of this idea to help them think about how we could partner together to elevate the stories of Black Kentuckians. And we, like the other members of the association, put together a proposal for how we thought we could best serve this interest in the Commonwealth. And I think in a very happy turn of events, the Clark Foundation looked at the proposals from all of the founding members and said, I think you all have something important to offer here, and said, would you consider working together um, to make this a dream a reality? And that was something I think we were really excited to do. And so we've been working together with our partner organizations to put this association together. We were really happy to um, bring Shaka on board as our inaugural executive director. And we continue to work with our partner organizations to help promote this work in the Commonwealth. Is it uh, aimed, the new association uh, and everything that Shaka uh, talked about, is it aimed at both high school or uh, K through 12 and uh, college courses? Either one of you? Yeah, the general goal is to create developmentally appropriate and standards-based resources for teachers at grade levels from PK through 16. So all the way through the higher ed classroom as well to be able to help us incorporate the rich stories of black Kentuckians into our classrooms. And I wanna make sure that I say clearly, there's, there's often an idea that black history is primarily for students of Black or African-American descent. And that's not the contention that we're making at all, I think. Um, we are really saying, like Carter G. Woodson said, that Black history is something that is good for every student to be aware of, to understand the rich interplay of people that have lived in this state and been here since the founding and continue to be a part of Kentucky's story today. That's what we want students in the Commonwealth to be able to see and understand that we're all a part of making our world and our communities better. Shaka, what can you add to that? Uh, I mean, really, Jessica touched on it. The idea is to make sure that as we think about Black history, that we understand, number one, you can't talk about the American story and the American experience and ignore the Black story and the Black historical experience, but also understanding that when we start thinking about education as a whole, that there's an opportunity for us to really uh, make sure that we incorporate the Black lens. This, and that's kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. That's looking at teacher education programs in higher ed. That's looking at opportunities that students might have, especially as they progress through to really focus on Black history and Black stories. Um, you know, they're, one of the opportunities that we're looking at intentionally is a certificate program at the higher ed level for teachers who want to get that certificate in teaching Black history specifically. We want to make sure that we're arming educators with the tools that they need 
to feel like they can successfully lead in this space and really to successfully deliver in terms of teaching black history for students across the Commonwealth. So yeah, absolutely, it is really a PK-16 effort to try to make sure that black history is a part of the education experience in the Commonwealth. Uh, to both of you, whether we're talking about uh, growing up in the educational system in Kentucky or uh, other uh, states uh, surrounding Kentucky, or for that matter, the United States, have we gone through um, a period of time when we did not recognize a period of uh, history uh, in our um, in our maturation as a nation, um, whether it be Black history or the the the, the, the teaching of uh, a history that included uh, African Americans. Was there a gap that needed to be filled in that we're just now discovering? Um, there's definitively a gap. And I think that, frankly, we could look at teaching of history. It just there's a recognition. I, I've been an educator for the better part of two decades. Jessica can speak to her experience as well, not only being at the collegiate level, but also being a, in the K-12 classrooms and understanding that we know teachers are teaching to the standards that are out there. We know that the uh, standards are robust. That being said, they're not all encompassing, right? And so there are going to be gaps in terms of speaking specifically to the social studies, gaps in terms of different periods of time, different topics, different historical concepts that aren't, that aren't going to be covered. And so what we have to think about is, what are the most important concepts and constructs that we can make sure are covered, right? And educators trying to hit those targets, it can be difficult. Uh, black history is definitively one of these areas where um, if there's not that intention, then it could, it could be lost because there's so much that you have to cover in a school year when you are in the elementary classroom and you are not only the social studies teacher, but you have all other subjects that you need to take care of. And of course, when you're in a middle school, high school classroom, and you're looking at uh, standardized assessments at the end of the year, if you're an AP teacher, making sure that your students are successful on that exam, there, there's, there's definitively gaps that can develop in any individual topic. And we're speaking to the social studies, but obviously that could be across curriculum as well. Um, Jessica, I'm curious as to your thoughts, knowing that now you're in the higher ed, you see those students who are coming out of the K-12 system, and you can obviously recognize some of those gaps. Yeah, I definitely would agree. I think um, one way that I think about it is the standards tell you what you need to talk about, they don't tell you how. And what I think is really interesting is when you consider the experience of Black Kentuckians, you can look at something like the settlement of the state of Kentucky. You know, we, we talk about Daniel Boone, we talk about, you know, folks coming across the Appalachian Mountains and settling here. But we don't often talk about the fact that there were black enslaved people working as scouts to help people get across the Appalachian Mountains and come into settling in Kentucky. And so, you know, a lot of these examples, another one that I can think of off the top of my head is you know, we have to talk about the women's suffrage movement. So the fight to get, you know, the 19th Amendment. Black women were incredibly influential in that fight to get women's suffrage. 
In fact, the women's suffrage movement developed out of the abolition movement of the 1860s. And so, you know, these are some of the examples where if we go with what is traditionally in the textbooks, uh, two things actually happen that I think are a big deal for Kentucky is not only are black people, you know, and their contributions somewhat minimized in that conversation, because it seems as if we fly over the landscape of history and then dip down every once in a while to, you know, pluck up a very influential black person, um, which is why, you know, we hear about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King and not about all of the people that were making the civil rights movement possible. But if you think about it in the kind of broader lens that we're talking about to be able to recover and uncover these stories of Black Kentuckians that were a part of the story, it really helps us get to that individual person. And it helps our students to think then about, you know, how can I make a difference in my community? How can I make a difference in my world? Because it isn't just these kind of big name folks that are the ones that are historical change makers. It really can be anyone. And I think that that's an important thing for, for students at every level to really understand is that they can make a difference. If they see something in their world that is not the way they imagine it ought to be, um, that they have the power and agency to make change. Uh, and I think that's a really important um, thing that these stories can help our students uncover as well. Dr. Klanderud, uh, it's uh, interesting that you used um, a Daniel Boone as one of your examples. Um, I just, uh, I am uh, not a historian, uh, although I work for Kentucky Humanities and we're steeped in history and I, I have um, learned to love and appreciate it uh, uh, more than ever in my entire life. But I have learned uh, again way too late in life. Uh, and I just did a, a, a small talk last Saturday down at the Barron County Historical uh, society because uh, that's my hometown and that's where I, I, I was born and raised. Uh, and one of my topics was Dr. Thomas Walker, who was the first uh, white man to come through the Cumberland Gap when it was not even the Cumberland Gap. He named it uh, after the Duke of Cumberland. And uh, but 19 years, to be um, accurate, before Daniel Boone came through uh, the gap. And but I, I have not read and I have not researched, nor have I read uh, someone else's uh, work, although he kept a journal uh, that there were African-Americans with him at that time, although I do know that there were plenty of of um, of black people that were in um the area uh, at that time and then later too. Uh, I'm gonna throw out some other names here that uh, you're both familiar with. William Turner, for one, uh, has written this excellent uh, piece on his growing up in, in Eastern Kentucky and Appalachia. And uh, to really underscore and prove the point that there were blacks in Appalachia and still are, uh, that people in Kentucky never thought there were. And I know you're both familiar with uh, Dr. George Wright's uh, work and his uh, uh, excellent research and, and uh, uh, writings. And Shaka, I was uh, so uh, fortunate a few years ago uh, in the before times uh, to have um, been in one of his classes and learning for the first time so many new facts 
uh, about African-Americans in Kentucky that I'd never dreamt could be factual and true. And and there in lies so many names and historical figures and uh, that uh, that Dr. Wright has written about many times. So there is a a, a deep a body of work uh, that need that others need to know, uh, and uh, that's what you're doing. So in the process of um, of discovery, what what was the what was the impetus? What was the trigger point, if you will, uh, with the the Clark Foundation that that somebody recognized that this was there was this gap uh, th- that it, that there were more than just the names that you hear that are that are sort of the common uh, names that come up often. What 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 was it that somebody said uh, this? Our, our children need to know this history. Yeah, the 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 real starting point again that that genesis actually came from Brianna Taylor seeing the uh, her murder, the reaction in Louisville, thinking a, a, as a foundation, what what can we do? Like, how can we make a meaningful contribution to the Commonwealth to hopefully engage folks in in conversations around social justice, around race that are going to be meaningful and impactful. Now, the Thomas D. Clark Foundation, for those who may be unfamiliar, their primary endeavor is funding the University Press of Kentucky. And so as they begin to think about what they have ready access to, they have ready access to an incredible number of resources that really focus on Black history in Kentucky and beyond. And so as they begin to think about where they can leverage their core competency, they begin thinking about those resources and that access. And Benny Ivory is the current CEO, along with folks like uh, Stan McDonald, Sandy Wilson, they begin having this conversation about where can we leverage this core competency? And it's around Black history. It's around making sure that educators know about the resources that are available and working to efficiently and effectively get those resources into their hands. Now, as the University Press of Kentucky, you can publish. As the Thomas D. Clark Foundation, there's a lot of great work that they can do, but there was also the recognition that you needed to get with some partners in order to really allow the work to flourish, which is why Berea College, Kentucky State, and the Muhammad Ali Center are so important because you have those connections, not only in education, but also in the city of Louisville, right? Where we think about Jefferson County, we think about the population demographics of that city. It's incredibly important to make sure that you have a sufficient partner in that area, right? But we do think about the, with the association, we're, we're trying to reach students from Paducah to Pikeville, from Covington to Murray, right? We, we're trying to really cover the entirety of the state because, uh, any research that you will do around Black history will tell you that Black history is incredibly beneficial for Black students in terms of really learning about the experiences in their own history. But Black history is incredibly important for those who don't identify as Black as well, right? We, we know that it's uh, an incredibly important part of American history. It's important to be able to see yourself reflected in history. And the, the attempts with the Association for Teaching Black History in Kentucky are really around localized engagement in history. So then it becomes incredibly important to think about these local heroes who may have been lost 
because they haven't been a part of the curriculum. It's just understanding that there's an incredible localized impact that has been made by Blacks across the Commonwealth. So how do we really focus in on some of those localized contributions so that students in Lexington understand who Oliver Lewis is, so students in Bourbon County know who Gary Morgan is, so students in Bowling Green know the history of the 1971 WKU basketball team making the Final Four with an all-Black starting five, because they know about you, they know about getting beat, the University of Kentucky being beat, but they don't know that in 1971 that Western Kentucky team beat the University of Kentucky on their way to the Final Four as well. So we want to make sure that we are bringing those localized stories to folks so that there's incredible pride within that local Black uh, history. And of course, now they can relate that experience to their own. Uh, Shaka Cummings is the director, the executive director of the newly formed um, association in Kentucky. Uh, it's titled the Association of Teaching Black History. And Dr. Jessica Klanderud is uh, at Berea College uh, in the African-American Studies uh, Department. She heads up the uh, Carter Woodson Center and uh, also a number of other uh, areas uh, in her department. And if you will, um, Dr. Klanderud, just take a moment to tell us about the Carter G. Woodson Center. And also, I, I saw um, on your your page, um, you also had a, held, uh, uh, you also are involved in the, the Bell Hook Center uh, people that are familiar with this podcast uh, know that uh, our four-part series on on Bell Hooks and celebrating her uh, life and and her death just a year ago um, uh, aired on uh, our website and then on WEKU, our partner uh, public radio station. So uh, you might mention about what you do at the at the Bell Hook Center also. Sure, I, I want to just uh, circle back for a, for a half second. Sure. If I'm on um, what kind of drove this work as well, because there was an important historical milestone in 2020 was also the anniversary of the burning of Black Wall Street of Greenwood, Oklahoma. And what um, also inspired some of this was uh, members of the Clark Foundation were some of those Americans who had not heard of Greenwood and Black Wall Street and were shocked to hear that, you know, such a thing had happened in the United States. And, you know, we have similar stories in Kentucky as well. Um, if you think about the destruction of the Jonesville neighborhood in Bowling Green, um, there's, you know, some important uh, connections there that I think we can make to help us see um, how learning about our past can help us do better in our present moment with each other. And, and that kind of connects me to the work that I do in the Carter G. Woodson Center for Interracial Education. Our goal is to really help promote community and connection across racial lines to help us learn how to speak with each other, how to not um, freeze up when somebody mentions you know, race, uh, that we can learn to have productive conversations across areas of difference, and also to really help people um, bridge that gap and learn from each other and learn to be in community with each other. So I often liken it to um, an Appalachian version of uh, Dr. King's Poor People's Campaign, trying to get white, black, everybody together um, around the same table to think about how we can help build community. Uh, so that's pretty much what I'm doing at the Carter G. Woodson Center, um, amplifying Berea College's fifth grade commitment to promote interracial education 
on the campus of Berea College and in the wider community. And through that, I partner with my colleagues at the Bell Hook Center. Um, so the director of that center is Dr. M. Shadi Malaklu, and we work together frequently as um, center directors, but also in the case that, you know, I do a lot of work with Black feminism, I do a lot of work with Black Appalachian history, and so, um, of course, Bell's work is then very much in the center of the intersections of those, of those ideas as well. So hoping to amplify that as well, that, you know, the, the people in Appalachia are not purely one thing. There are a great many things. And, you know, to understand how those various identities are in conversation with each other and also in connection to home and place are very important um, questions that we can raise to help us all, you know, think a little bit differently about the folks from the mountains and how we can um, be a part of amplifying their voice as well. Shaka Cummings and Dr. Klenderud will join us for a couple of final uh, questions uh, uh, right after we take a short break and hear from our wonderful friends uh, down in Louisville at the Cedar Jeaner Naslin uh, Karen Mann a Graduate School for Writing at Spalding University. As a Kentucky humanities lover, you've heard of Spalding University's nationally distinguished MFA in creative writing. Now at the Naslin Mann Graduate School of Writing, we've added two innovative programs in professional writing. Your career goals take center stage as you work one-on-one -on -one with a faculty mentor to gain the writing skills employer's prize. Learn more about our low residency master's and certificate in professional writing at spalding.edu forward slash writing or email schoolofwriting at spalding.edu. Shaka, uh, let me uh, ask uh, both of you as a final uh, question and start with you. Uh, I think I, uh, I tried to say at the very beginning of the program, um, what is your goal? Um, so I'm going to end up by asking what 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 is your goal going to look like um, at the end of the day, whether that's uh, two years, uh, 10 years, or uh, let's hope uh, longer than that. Uh, what is the real what is the real uh, purpose we're all uh, unfortunately maybe sometimes driven uh, uh, by analytics and by uh, uh, numbers and uh, 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 measures uh, what what is going to be your measure of success uh, at the end of the day absolutely as we think about the work that we're doing with the association really the ultimate measure is that Teachers find that our work is beneficial to what they're doing day to day in their classrooms. Uh, and so as I think about what success looks like, success looks like uh, incredible teacher collaboration, us really listening to educators across the Commonwealth, working with them in order to design programs and to make sure that the content that's being produced by the association is really beneficial to those with boots on the ground. It'll, it'll look like um, engaging across school districts in, with programming, making sure that when it comes to professional development, that we are actually delivering programming that really supports teachers to really hone their craft around teaching black history and feel like because of their interactions with the association, that they are better educators and feeling well-equipped to really teach black history. Um, it'll look like uh, a, a website that folks will consistently engage with that really provides content to educators 
that folks are regularly engaging with, like we're getting those clicks because folks are, they know that the resource exists and they are reaching out and really utilizing the resources that are available to them. It'll look like a celebration, you probably using social media as the main vehicle. It'll look like a, a, an association that really celebrates wonderful teaching of black history across the entirety of the Commonwealth. And through that celebration, we're able to then create a network of educators who are able to interact with each other and hopefully inspire each other to maybe do some different things in their classrooms around teaching black history. Maybe there's an educator in Johnson County who would look at the program that I was a part of this morning at uh, Veterans Park Elementary where local black leaders were brought in to talk to kids about the work that they do so students can see the incredible impact that, uh, that black people are having in the contemporary community. Maybe it looks like someone in Johnson County seeing that and saying, hey, could I do that here? Someone in Bowling Green looking at that and saying, hey, can I do that here? Someone out in Boyd County in Ashland saying, hey, could I do that here? And now all of a sudden they're connecting with those Veteran Park uh, Elementary School educators and really formula formalizing programs that can look similar across the Commonwealth. So if we're doing, if we're doing our work right, It'll really look like an incredible amount of collaboration, uh, creation of great programs, curation of quality materials, and celebration of the Commonwealth educators around those stories and historical experiences of Black Kentuckians. Dr. Klanderud? Well, I think that my work is slightly different at this point. Um, I, am, uh, I am helping the association in terms of uh, being a kind of liaison and connection to what's going on at Berea College um, through higher ed uh, programming. But I think that, you know, our goal is to make sure that we are delivering and teaching robust black history at the higher ed level. And then also as Shaka mentioned, helping to train up students who are interested in going into the classroom as those um, pre-service teachers uh, that will then be the people teaching high quality, um, just high quality history. I want I want them to be high quality social studies teachers um, that know how to incorporate Black history, that know how to use women's history and Indigenous history, and to really bring forth the richness of all of our stories as a part of the American history curriculum. Well, thank you both uh, for uh, a very informative um, look at. Uh, the new association. Um, I know we'll hear more about it. Uh, we'll uh, stay in touch. And hopefully uh, somewhere down the road, Kentucky Humanities can get involved uh, and, and participate uh, as, um, as one of your partners. Um, we appreciate uh, you very much uh, and the work that you're doing. And thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you so much, Bill, for the opportunity. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 51 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.